finally something interesting happened again on WWE TV. That's right, the return of a Samoan megastar. The type of thing that would get you excited, get laps fans to get people tuning back in, to get people who haven't watched the, the WWE product in a long fucking time. That big return that everyone was clamoring for. That's right, Nia Jax. Yeah, I'm all a kid, motherfucks. That's right. It was, of course, The Rock made an appearance on SmackDown this past um, Friday. And uh, what I would say is that this is now the perfect time to do a part two because I don't, I've only ever done one of our part two before, which was kind of a negative one because it's always about all the people, all the whiny bitch-ass adults crying about Snow White. So, you know, it was kind of a negative one to do two parts on why Snow White upset the snowflakes. But here's one, a positive part two, a sequel to a recording I'd done nearly two years ago, in fact. It's uh, Why the Rock is the Goat of Pro Wrestling, part two. And this was the perfect time to do that. I did the first part of this, um, I think it was on the 25th anniversary of his debut from Survivor Series. I did that uh, a couple of years back. But now his first appearance in WWE in close to four years, I believe, is. And, you know, exciting stuff. I, knew, I, I actually had no idea he was coming but I just seen everyone started talking about it again it wasn't even any sort of wrestling site I seen it from I looked on Twitter on Saturday morning and it was from like discussing film and uh, pop base and all those places we're talking about it because I'm very much out with the whole wrestling thing though I occasionally talk about it when there's something positive to talk about like Stacey Keebler going in the Hall of Fame like Trish, Trish Stratus coming back it's interesting though, whenever I've got anything interesting or positive to say about pro wrestling now, it's because of something from the past coming back or someone from the past coming back. So that kind of shows you where it is. But no, it was a great to hear about this. Um, of course, as soon as I seen that, I had to watch his segment on YouTube because he did a little segment with John Cena as well. And uh, seriously, when you see that, all I keep hearing about from wrestling fans nowadays is so-and-so is over. This or such and such is over. This is over as fuck. Over as fuck, my, my favourite used phrase from wrestling fans. Listen to that reaction The Rock got. That is over as fuck. I'm, and, yeah, you could say, well, it's not very a fair comparison. You know, of course, it's The Rock. And, of course, it's the first time you've seen him in nearly four years on the show. And, yes, granted, that will bump the, the pop-up somewhat. Uh, but then, you know, um, still, none. you know, some of these people, they get cheered and they're liked and everything, but there's not the same energy or anything like that because, you know, something like The Rock even... You know, some people are talking about over as fuck about people who get like a good response or a few cheers and a few chants. But you, the electricity in general is gone from wrestling crowds. It's just full of usually the usual shit of people making droning and stupid chants. But no, The Rock is one of those people who's just transcended pro wrestling. And to me, he will always be the absolute goat of pro wrestling. I'm not saying he's the best ever in the ring. Now, you can all have your own little opinions and things like that. But the thing is, pro wrestling is quite a seedy business. There's an awful, pretty shitty underbelly to it. But The Rock's one of these people 
who's not only that and transcended into Hollywood, but and of course Hollywood has its own seedy underbelly and a lot, a lot, awful lot of shitty people in this. I don't know conspiracy theorists can make up their own stupid little stories about the rock does this and all that, but yeah, whatever. But <laughs> if you believe them, then God bless you. But you know, if but the rock is one of these people you never hear bad stories about. Never, not once. Never in wrestling. Never in Hollywood. Nothing. You know, well, let's take wrestling for example. You took a take a lot of the people who some people would call the goat, or example of wrestling. All right, Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair's a fucking embarrassment. I'm sorry, he is. The guy swinging his dick about in the plane ride from hell and all this shit and going about having one last match like seven thousand times. The guy has tainted his own legacy so many fucking times it's unbelievable and what makes it even worse is he's an annoying bitch of a daughter constantly being shoved into the pro wrestling as well uh, you just no you said that a lot of the downfall started when people like his fucking daughter got pushed constantly we're just like nah fuck it we're not having this you know but yeah you know Ric Flair, an embarrassment. People can say, oh, he won't be 16 fake world titles. <laughs> and, you know, ah, yeah, good for him. But at the end of the day, was he ever, you can talk about the man and all this shit, but was he ever really a top, top TV ratings draw? Nah, not really. And, he, and the, the one last thing was good for him was that match send-off with Shawn Michaels. Would have been, it was a wonderful way to send-off. And then he goes and fucks it and goes and embarrasses himself in TNA. Speaking of people who embarrass themselves in TNA and taint their legacy, that takes us to another person who a lot of people would say is the gulk. The, sorry, the goat. The gulk. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going because I got my words mixed up there. The gulk. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's right. Now, granted, Hulk Hogan, the first the guy who got me into pro wrestling, my first ever favorite ever wrestler was Hulk Hogan, and I think that will be for a lot of people. And in that sense. He's got a guaranteed spot on Mount Rushmore, for sure. For sure, and I can understand why a lot of people would call him the GOAT. I mean, without Hulk Hogan, would you have had WrestleMania or res- or wrestling to the popularity that he put it to from the 80s and go well into the 90s and even into the early 2000s? He was still, of course, with The Rock as well, for, for that matter. You know... Hulk Hogan, of course, absolute megastar. Having said that, he's another person with his demons and his past. We will, I mean, we all know about what his little leaked audio as well, so we, we've all covered that one. So that you can sit there and say, yeah, well, it was leaked, and yeah, but, you know, he still said it. <laughs> Just because he, it wasn't it was said in confidence doesn't mean it wasn't any worse, that made it any better, what he said. So, you know, no excuses there. Plus, we've all known the stories about the guy being a complete tool backstage, getting his creative control and all that shit in WCW and things. And yeah, you could argue that's people like Eric Bischoff's fault and things like that. But something like Hulk Hogan, he's done a lot of damage as much to anyone else. The way he'd hold people back, Bret Hart for WrestleMania 9, for example, you know, he wouldn't want, he didn't want to drop the, t- I mean, you can, we can all go on about Bash of the Beach and people can talk shit about Vince Russo all they want, but let's be honest, Hulk Hogan playing his little 
uh, <laughs> playing his um, creative control card. That's the fact that Hulk Hogan wanted to go into court for a defamation case against Hulk Hogan, the character, not even the name, not Terry Belair or whatever it was. The fact that the debt was against Hulk Hogan, a wrestling character, no fucking wonder two judges threw it out. I'm sorry, but that's there's been a mark and then there's been a complete fucking mark. There you go. Um, dear. So Hulk Hogan, yeah, he's got a lot of problems. Uh, there's been a lot of shit with him backstage and things like that. Uh, like the way he got eliminated from the Royal Rumble by Sid Justice. It was meant to be, and, the, and then he just grabs, I mean, that's meant to be a great baby face or something like that. And that sounds like the type of thing he'd actually do. Think that, oh, it's a good idea, brother. And plus... Let's be honest, people can talk about Vince Russo all they want, but um, let's be honest, Hulk Hogan's contract did a hell of a lot more to kill WCW than Vince Russo's writing ever did. And yes, a writer is not going to kill a, a company, but people take ciphering money off of it, taking way too much money that they can't afford off of it. Well, but I digress. You can even say, well, what about Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah, he's a real contender for that as well. Absolutely. Probably, to me, the second best wrestler of all time. Absolute absolute star, absolute icon in the wrestling business. But to be fair, he isn't that successful outside of wrestling. He's tried, he's had his acting parts, he was in Expendables and that, but he's not really, people know him, but he's not really that prolific. I mean, he's had his shows and things like that, so he's had success, his podcast, but is he this megastar? On the level of The Rock, definitely not. Not really even on the level of Hogan in that sense. He was maybe more popular than The Rock in the heydays of the wrestling, but The Rock grew while Austin kind of just peaked then. So, you know, and of course, talk about stories. He's had his own little stories. We never got the match with him and Hogan because neither of the one of them wanted to put each other over. And then, of course, stuff that happened with him and Deborah. So, and taking his ball and going home. He Sasha Banks did before Sasha Banks ever did. Now, granted, he turned around and said he regretted it. Sasha Banks went and turned around and fucking did it again. So, oh, well. But, you know, but Stone Cold, he has his... He's as great as an entertainer as he is. He's maybe not the best one as well out other backstage. And to be fair, the fact that Hogan didn't want to put Austin over, but he willingly put The Rock over, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. Make of that what you will. But when you look at the, the Rock, and of course, John Cena, some people will fling in. Uh, let's be honest, John Cena's a weasel. He's doing great in Hollywood for him. He's actually a really good actor. And to be fair, he could actually have a career now to rival The Rock in Hollywood. And I'll be honest with you, I actually think the piece has, him in the Peacemaker series is better than anything The Rock's ever done, to be honest, in Hollywood. I'll be honest with you, even though I like Rock way better as a wrestler and I can way better as a person. I do think there's a real phoniness about John Cena as well. Anyone who sends inspirational tweets unironically is not to be trusted, I would say. And, you know, we've all heard the little stories about John Cena, the way he's acted backstage and things like that. And, you know, let me put it to you this way. If The Rock was the, the main guy in 2010, The Rock puts the Nexus over. Now, whether The Nexus do anything with that after it, that's a whole other story. But he ain't burying them the way Super Cena did. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And then Cena started putting people over when it didn't really matter. So, you know, whereas The Rock would do it. 
The Rock actually lost quite a lot for a top guy. He he's been pinned by Stephanie McMahon. No, you could say John Cena has been pinned by Kevin Federline and things, but okay, fair enough. But he's been pinned by like Stephanie McMahon, the Brooklyn Brawler and things. The Rock was generous. Always has been generous. You never hear a story of The Rock holding anyone back down backstage. Never once. Never once do you hear that. And of course, you know, if anything, you hear the other way about, that Triple H and Shawn Michaels were trying to do the same to him. They were trying to be the ones holding him down. But, you know, The Rock goes on to be a multi-megastar in Hollywood. And, uh, well, Triple H and wonky-eyed Shawn Michaels can, like, oversee NXT, which nobody fucking watches. So <laughs> there you go. Make of that what you will. And, you know... And you can sit there and say, ah, well, you know, The Rock, it's not been so good for him. You know, Black Adam did badly and all that. Look, the problem with Black Adam was the budget. A Black Adam film making $370 million actually isn't too bad, considering nobody's fucking heard of Black Adam in the mainstream. In fact, you put anyone else in that part, Black Adam probably does Blue Beetle or Shazam 2 numbers. But the fact that it actually got to that was testament to The Rock. And... The Rock listens to the fans. The Rock listened to the fans wanting Henry Cavill to come back, got Henry Cavill to come back. People were excited. And if they'd have just stayed the course and actually done Superman versus Black Adam, that film would have done good money. I'm not saying it would have made a billion, but, you know, it might have made $650, $700 million. Would have got people back on track with DC. But what did they do? Right after Black Adam, they were reactionary and canned everything. And it's actually affected everything else that's came after that. Now, to be fair, The Flash and Blue Beetle were both shit, so that was kind of deserved. But, you know. So James Gunn managed to... Look, James Gunn's a great filmmaker, but he's managed to fuck over both The Rock and Henry Cavill. So, you know. And he he shilled big time for The Flash. And at first I thought, oh, maybe he's just doing that, you know, because he's the new head of DC, he's got to do it. But then you see his old comments about the Michael Keaton Batman film and then the Dark Knight trilogy and you start to think, yeah, maybe he's just got shit taste and he actually makes these good films by accident. But uh, we'll see what happens with Superman anyway. But I digress. No. But you see, and yet, this is actually a really good time for The Rock to be coming in because, you know, writer's strike. Same with Cena as well. Writer's strike, so not 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 like he can do much in Hollywood now, you know. And of course, you know, Young Rock got cancelled. Whatever. That's what happens when you put Becky Lynch in there. <laughs> what a coincidence! Eh? Ratings tumble after Becky Lynch comes in. But uh, I digress. But uh, yeah, because this is. And I'll say one thing though. What's a problem has been with the WWE has been lack of effort over the years, and it's interesting, you know. You know, I haven't. I've, I still watch what's it, the Raw reviews with uh, Vince Russo and Chris Featherstone. So I heard about like last week, last Monday's Raw was the last night of Vince McMahon in sole charge of the WWE. And what does he do? What is the last thing he does in the main event? Brings back Nia Jax. <laughs> it's just, and and the crowd went mild. You know, who the fucking? Honestly, that. Feels like the type of thing Vince would do just to troll the smarks, just to be like, hey, pal, here's Nia Jax. So Endeavor, the very first show Endeavor have, what do they do? They get The Rock. And it's like, that is unbelievable. That They have made a statement. Now, is this going to be something they can keep up going forward? Probably not. But, you know, you can't. there's only so much you can go back to the past well. <laughs> but... 
at least they actually put some effort and they knew they had to make a statement and boy did they make a statement <laughs> so fair play to them this doesn't mean i'm going to start watching the shows or talking about wrestling like i have no intention of watching raw tonight no intention whatsoever if i hear something cool happens i'll watch the youtube clips this is one thing you know when you've seen the rocks promo with austin Fury, and i'll say one thing Austin Fury actually wasn't too bad in this promo. And what, what I'd seen before him the last year or a couple of years ago or whatever was the drizzling shits. I'll be honest, I thought he was shit. But actually, he wasn't too bad in this promo. So when somebody isn't too bad in today's wrestling, I'll take it. Because most of them are complete shit. But, you know, you felt the energy from The Rock and everything. That's one of those things. It would have been kind of cool if I was watching the show and didn't know he was coming out and then the music hit. That's kind of something that's been missed with me going away. But, you know, whatever. At least I don't have to sit through hours and hours of complete shit just to get one magic moment. If you get the magic moments and I hear about them, I'll go watch them on YouTube and then I can maybe talk about them if they interest me like this has. So there you go. But, you know, you've got, I mean, the now obvious thing would be him and Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. And I know what people are going to say. Hey, what about Cody? Fuck Cody. He's shite. Honestly. You want to know, I used to think wrestling fans had low standards, but a lot of the marks, they've got no standards. If Cody Rhodes, a guy who two years ago, the hardest of hardcore WWE marks were taking the piss out of him when he was in AAW, but now that he's the first guy to jump ship, they all fucking love him. It's like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. What does that tell you? Is that standards are zero now. Cody Rhodes, and you but what about the future? What about Cody Rhodes is like 40, is he not? You know, you're not talking about the future. God. And you just, the way he comes across, he just comes across as a sleazy car salesman. I mean, that's the face you want to get behind? Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I'd be interested in seeing a Rock and Roman Reigns match, for sure. But who knows? I mean, I don't know how how often he'll appear. If you might get more appearances now, more often now, because, well, writer strike, of course. But it might be just a one-off. Who knows? But I don't think he'll be there every week or anything like that. But you might see more often, more of them, while the writer strikes on. And if Endeavor can make that happen, then fair play to them. They've put more effort in than McMahon's ever done. And but funny enough, notice something. First night McMahon isn't sole charge. Guess what happens? In comes The Rock. Because he doesn't have the stench of being associated with Vince McMahon and all the bullshit that's going on with him. So, you know, I think that could be quite telling. <laughs> quite telling. But whatever. I digress. But still, The Rock, absolutely phenomenal. They want to prop a proper megastar. Some people say, oh, so-and-so's a megastar because they've won this many titles and all that. If you, A lot of these wrestlers, most of them, could not have the personalities of planks of wood nowadays and couldn't draw flies to shit. But, you know, The Rock, he is the type of person that can get casual, proper casuals I'm talking about. Not people who say they're casual wrestling fans, but talk about wrestling every day on Twitter and talk about wrestling constantly. And let me put you put to this way, there's a lot of people who have YouTube channels who claim to be casual wrestling fans. I'm sorry. If you are a, if you have a YouTube channel dedicated to wrestling, you're not a casual. You are a hardcore fan. You might not be a smart in the in the sense that you like you're all about the ring work and all that, but you are not a casual. You are a hardcore fan. And to be honest, most casuals have completely given up on wrestling. But 
something like the walk appearing is the type of thing that can give people who have completely given up maybe just a little bit of interest to have a look again and at least this time he wasn't in a segment with shite like Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin like he was the last time which to be fair was a fun segment but you know to be fair I'll say this I don't particularly like Pat McAfee either and Austin Fury was kind of shit what I've seen of him but I actually thought he was okay in this to be fair Austin Fury at least it was better than Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin. And you know, when I talk about wrestling fans with low standards, apparently everyone's going on about LA Knight now. You know, the guy, Eli, I know him as Eli Drake from TNA. Yeah, he was all right. Honestly, he was all right back then, but nothing special. <laughs> nothing special, but that's the guy everyone's going wild over. I mentioned, like, I listened to the Legion of Raw reviews with uh, Chris Ferriston and Vince Russo, and they, they spoke about uh, a promo a few weeks ago I can't mind when it was about a month or so ago, it was a few weeks back, with Ellie Knight and The Miz. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I was playing about on YouTube, I was like, okay, I'll have a look at this promo. The Miz completely smoked them. I'm sorry, but The Miz was way better than them. He basically called them Flavor of the Month, which is true, you know. <laughs> and The Miz just completely out-promoed Ellie Knight. So, not that Ellie Knight's bad, I just think standards are so low, that's now what everyone's hyping up but you know at least we got to see a proper star this past week and that's why i consider the rock to be the goat of pro wrestling because there's not many people who could get me interested in watching anything wrestling related nowadays but the rock just went and done that and that's why he is and always will be the great one